Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we rescue baby eagles falling from their nests during a rainstorm that caused a mighty flood that covered all the land (laughs) (laughs) as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. My cadence there was a little weird, but you all got it. (laughs) Um, Today we're tackling the 80th episode in the series, Yokel Hero. Yokel Hero, a mighty flood that covered all the land. This uh, is going to St. Olaf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Caused a mighty flood. Um, <laughs> this one, it was like kind of spot on to what I remember. Just like goofy as hell. <laughs> and like kind of like, you know, meh in terms of storyline, even though like they travel to St. Olaf, which is kind of funny. Like you'd expect it to sort of be, I don't know, a little bit more like we got an inside look. um but uh but i liked it you know i think it's pretty funny i just i forgot about some of like the particulars of the scenario like how hot it is and charity softball game (laughs) which is hilarious um yeah i agree i actually so my first note is that um before it even starts i'm reminded of the isaac q newton episode and like how easy it is when blanche and dorothy do this um it obviously comes from a very good place and i think we did talk about this same deal with Isaac what like it's such a lovely idea um and also like in their defense here what are the odds that they're gonna get caught these people are <laughs> off I their know. rockers um like you said like that quote is great like this is going to St. Olaf <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah I totally forgot about the charity softball I love that of course they're playing and I also like it's such a classic sitcom episode for the air conditioner to break on the hottest day of the year oh of course but also can't rose fix it herself i mean she tried to fix a heater that one time we should learn a lesson i guess so yeah exactly <laughs> but it's funny you say isaac q newton because i the first thing i thought of was doctoring her resume mm. um in job hunting so it's like oh my god we've actually used this storyline like a few times. times yeah and it's really interesting from the perspective of thinking of rose as a yokel and <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> but you know just like naive in in the ways of like how you have to do certain things to to like work in the world and like you know i mean dorothy and blanche are all about that but like blanche in particular like as an embellisher is just like this is how you get ahead like it doesn't you know it's it's Root, she thinks it's rooted in truth. Like everything's rooted in truth, including like, you know, Rose's fake boyfriend uh, talking about how, you know, she can milk cows and was a housewife and really, <laughs> you know, like building that into being a hospital administrator. Um, but in that year, just like, you know, it, it's it, the bridge was out ahead and Rose is like, oh, wow, really? I mean, it's it's just this, like you said, it's this like compulsion that does come from a nice place, but it's really interesting that they use this device multiple times to really show the, show the quote unquote street smarts of Blanche and uh, Dorothy. And then at the end of the episode, flipping it and being like, honesty is the best policy. Cause it feels like the Kate Brown American dream kind of, kind of rose. You know? Yeah, like, no, totally. I think that's, that's really the smart observation. And it's funny too, because um, I didn't really realize this, but Blanche kind of takes the reins. I mean, here I would argue that it's mutual, although I think Blanche is kind of driving it. Yeah. Um, similarly with Isaac Q. Newton, obviously it's her idea, but Dorothy right. is the one who's like, you know, punching up the resume. <laughs> right. And that all... <laughs> 
Um, and that also feels right to me. And it also is like, you know, lying on your resume or bending the truth on your resume, I think is something that more people do than just like completely fabricating a story about saving a baby eagle to win an award. Um, But it just makes sense to me that Dorothy's like still, you know, more of the pragmatic one of the two um, in terms of like what lies to tell. (laughs) Right. You're right. You're right. And that, that, that fits really well with their personalities. Um, And also the fact that like, Blanche is having fun with it right yeah. like it's just like and then the mighty flood and covered all the land and you know like there's big rainstorm and like all of these really bombastic things are are just they fit really well with her like I said the exaggerated personality I love uh, it how do you spell Saskatchewan <laughs> <coughs> but yeah it's you know so I think the conceit of like <laughs> St. Olaf big statue country having this like ridiculous award that you know we've of course never heard of before and that anybody who ever was born there is qualified i guess yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) even though like your hottest competition of course is back in saint olaf where everybody can see whatever this person is doing um to save all three books but um (laughs) who's also a murderer i love how that's like just like (laughs) i know it's like (laughs) It's really dark and it's just like played for like one beat of a joke at the end it's like oh which is really funny by the way but mr emmerhofer okay Mm -hmm. moving on um but holy shit it's just kind of wacky um but yeah i think the only thing that's particularly disappointing to me here is that they go all the way to saint olive and then like we don't really see it yeah (laughs) see it you know and the thing that i remember most about this episode from watching it back in the day um is the scene where they're on like you know the the hay wagon basically (laughs) or it's like you know well it was nice talking to (laughs) you because that voice is like absolutely perfect and that's that's the part I remember the most yeah it's funny that you say that because I wrote in my notes like also the brothers Len Sven and Ben when they come to you know the (laughs) committee like their accents are so strong and I know Minnesota has accents but like these people are Americans like what is that exaggerated like pseudo Swedish but the thing I is, like it it's it's amazing and I think it's funny because so this show um do you remember the cartoon Bobby's World yes, from like the course. early 90s right his mom had Howie that Mandel. accent yes, yeah for yeah. sure oh my god how we tell forgot about that <laughs> but yeah whatever the I forget what her name was the the woman who was the voice actor for his mom um I watched Drop Dead Gorgeous a million times yeah, night, circa so 99 good. so these all of these like popular representations of this particular Minnesota accent were like in my brain and the first time I ever took oh, like a road trip to Minnesota, um, my, you know, three New Jersey friends and I were you know, being very obnoxious as we were leading up, like, oh, we're so close to Minnesota, <laughs> and just being dickheads. And then, like, obviously mocking it, but being like, oh, this clearly is exaggerated, right? Like, this isn't a real thing. And then <laughs> we were lost somewhere in Minneapolis, because this is back in the day when you can't just look things up. Um, and I was asking directions, and I just, I got out of the car right after we were talking about like how this accent is like too fake to be real 
And I asked a woman where to go. And she, no joke, was like, oh, yeah, sure. You go down the way. And I was like, I could not handle it. I was like, this is real. Like this, And this was in Minneapolis. This wasn't even like the back country. The sticks, so yeah. I will say, I think the Topolkopper triplets are really, they're playing true to form here. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I'm into it. I'm into it. And also, like, they must be, they have to be like seriously qualified to be this committee. Um, yes, yes. So I want to go back to when they come in from the softball game. Uh, whatever. They're playing softball. Sure. It's so funny. Well, not only are they playing softball, but Blanche slid right <laughs> into a base, which I love it. Which is actually a great, I mean, it's a great setup to have that. Of like, when have you not enjoyed sliding under a man in uniform? Like, oh, perfect line. Like, the whole softball setup is worth it just for that line, but it's also obnoxious. Yeah, like have you ever <laughs> seen a fifty-five-year-old woman slide? <laughs> I would love to watch a She's senior softball that. league. <laughs> I would too. It's amazing. Um, and then there's obviously that classic scene with Sophia with her robe open to the fridge. It's absolutely so so funny, and it's like, you know, we have um when she reacts to Dorothy being like, oh, close that, you know, and she closes her robe. It's so good. It's just like this (laughs) self-awareness and like this, this like self-depreciation, but also you don't get the sense that she's like, which I think they do so well. And I think Sophia Estelle Getty does so well. It was like, there's no amount of like insecurity there, you know? And like, it wouldn't, it has to be with Sophia because like she's old and it's funny, but like, what a great gag to keep having, you know, like it's a with really the construction good gag. site and all of Tot- that. Like- totally. Exactly. And it's, but it's funny though, because with the construction site, you know, like two guys went home sick. She's the one <laughs> making fun of herself. Right. And like, obviously the act of interpreting Dorothy's comment um, is like, like you said, self-deprecation, like in where she says, okay, and closes it. But like, it's weird because it's not, it's a total role reversal between like her interpretation of Dorothy talking about her body being too hideous to spoil the food. You know, like that's, that's a role reversal. Like Dorothy wouldn't say anything like that. There's not no. like a scenario where she's commenting. I mean, she makes, you know, sassy comments, about you know, Ma dying and being old or whatever it is, but like nothing ever disparaging from that point of view that like, you know, like how Blanche always talks about, you know, Dorothy and Rose and Sophia occasionally about being ugly or fat and all these like extremely petty, horrible, you know, body image issues. Um, so I thought that I thought it was really interesting that, you know, like if you really read it of like Sophia thinking her her daughter's insulting her body. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I think it's it's so interesting because, yeah, Dorothy would never say that. And honestly, if she did, <laughs> yeah. it would be it would be hard to like allow you know because it's kind of like punching below your weight class it's like all right she's 85 dude like (laughs) i like that be hard to allow (laughs) i won't allow it um (laughs) i won't what i do love is that dan quayle joke when like oh yeah making the joke there's a lot of little that someone as unqualified (laughs) as i would ever be nominated for anything so important (laughs) right oh my god so good that's a matt browning thing but also just like a i feel like i knew about Dan Quayle's reputation as like, you know, like a C minus politician uh, because of the Golden Girls. Because I was I was pretty young when he was, uh, you know, in office, and so yeah. like, there's so many of those little jokes, and and just like generally sitcoms at this time. But I feel like it's like that's a great example. Sometimes I struggle to find an example of like a cultural phenomenon that I only know about because of the Golden Girls, and I think 
Dan Quayle, uh, you know, like also like Murphy Brown, like he doesn't know how to spell potato. Like I know these things, but it's all from <laughs> yeah. this TV time. <clears throat> right, exactly. Oh my God. But also like my, my gut reaction to the Dan Quayle thing was like, oh man, like I wonder if you compared him to some of those fucking jokers that we've had to deal with today if he looks like a genius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had George W. Bush also. Like, I feel like it's like- That's what I'm saying. It just keeps going down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, but going back to the hottest day of the year thing like it must be 110 in here it's like so maybe don't wear like polyester blouses and like long pants like what are you guys doing Sophia's got the right idea yeah (laughs) it's really hilarious I was just like those do not look like look comfortable like come on now um, no. or at least like a light robe or something I don't know There's, uh, yeah they it's have just... all these drapey garbs like what are you doing <laughs> it's gotta be right. sticking in various places um, it also I felt like uh, it's funny it makes sense that Blanche would have a higher tolerance for heat than certainly than Dorothy for like geographic yeah. you know reasons right. um, I also hate to be hot I hate humid like I hate it so I feel like and not like you know some people obviously who live around uh, the tri-state area don't have that feeling but yeah. I do think it's interesting like I have a I have a friend from Georgia and we were talking about renting a vacation house and he was like oh there's no air conditioning but it's fine and I was like no it will no, not it's be not fine, fine for me you know thank you <laughs> <laughs> what a That's weird awesome. thing <laughs> This is this is not the point of my life where I'm willing to do, put myself in these situations. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so going back to so we you know she reads this letter, and then she gets so fucking dramatic <laughs> when she's like, "My life is like you know it hasn't amounted to anything." You know, with my life, it's not like I'll miss anything. Oh it's my just god! Like, it's so eye rolly because it's so dramatic like when Dorothy goes in the train station she's like she's never been more depressed in her entire life I was like well you've lived a really good life then it's just yeah, you're missing your died. train is the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened but yeah it's like it's so overly dramatic and to me this also goes back to that Kate Brown thing because I also think there's a tie here between these like the expectations of like what a resume would look like <laughs> As, like, a good American, or, you know, in her case, like, a good St. Olafian of, like, you, you know, like, you can't, like, if she doesn't have anything quantifiable, it's kind of the same thing where, like, when she was feeling weird about her actual resume when they were punching it up in job hunting and, like, feeling worthless because you don't contribute to society in a certain way. Like, I feel like it's the same issue with, like, people who are stay-at-home you know parents particularly moms or like quote-unquote housewife and you're like oh like I haven't accomplished anything just because it's not in this like traditional format of promotions or money or like things to show for it and like I I get that for the Rose character of being like I haven't actually accomplished anything because I can't like write it down in this in this weird way and that's like what a good american does in a kind of a weird way i don't know it all made sense to me as overly dramatic as it was um but yeah i just i just kept thinking brown of like the way that rose thinks and like how much the quote-unquote american dream and like these sort of boxes you're supposed to tick really fuck with people (laughs) yeah no totally and it's interesting that you made the connection to stay-at-home moms because i thought of this as like a male midlife crisis reaction of like you know like like which i still think is 
the same thing. It's like, it's this American idealism and like individualism and capitalism, you know, like all of these things like yes. together. And like, I feel like that is a common, at least like in, in media and stuff, it's like men look at their lives and they have like, you know, measurable accomplishments, like a family yes. or like a house or whatever, you know, like a job, friends, something like that, that should fulfill them in some way but they're like <laughs> right. when they're forced to evaluate it it's like oh nothing and same thing with like her attitude it feels very like mopey man to me um yeah. but yeah. I think it's interesting that they're every both of these sort of like polarized concepts are it's all about American the American dream thing I think it's totally yes. Kate Brown's thing absolutely and the, oh that's so fascinating and it's like yeah I think the like for me, the housewife sort of stay-at-home mom thing wasn't quite as mopey, but almost right. like almost like your your middle-aged man <laughs> looking at his <laughs> wife and like trying to do like comparing things. And it's like I, you know, it obviously depends on your lens and what you're looking at. And obviously, you know, Dorothy and Blanche particularly are trying to encourage Rose of like, you've accomplished so much, right? And like, you know, in in the quote unquote resume punching up sign. Uh, or a scene and then also at the end you know where they really are just like kind of overly emoting about like really Rose does amazing things and it's not it's not necessarily something that you would have on like you know your stock ticker sheet (laughs) or like a bank account or something along those lines so yeah it's really it's just yeah it's America man yeah there's (laughs) no there's no reward for being a good person and I feel like that's also like part of it is like her whole even like the mighty flood like the original yeah. stories that she has is just like her being like a good upstanding citizen which I you know that's what this award is about but it's like yes. it is I, I think it's a very it's a picture of the Rose character that I feel like really it's important to her story this episode which I had never yes. really considered before I've always just thought of it as like goofy doofy whatever you know but (laughs) no I know no exactly but I think that's that's a great point it really is important to the character story and it's it's really consistent in the way that she sees herself but I think what's interesting though is that what we don't see in this episode is we see a lot more humility from a competitive standpoint like she Mm, is like oh well it can't be me I mean she, she saved all three books in the burning building as opposed to like Oh, well, she did that. Well, I, I mean, I, I did the marathon, but who's counting? You know, I mean, all of She's like, dead. All of the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's on her mantle. <laughs> I think that that's what's really fascinating because they do have to focus so much on that sort of rose American dream. Like, how do I quantify being a good person? Like, I'm worthless, whatever, whatever. That takes up all the air in the room and they, they can't fit super competitive rose in there in the same way that they have before. Right. Yeah. There's like a, you know, she has that one line where she's like, oh, it's an honor just to be nominated, but she really wants that sucker. Right. You know, like right. there exactly. is, they, and I think that that's like also just a good, a nod to the writers because it is like more emotional than any of the other times we've seen her be competitive. So it makes sense that she wouldn't get wrapped up in her like uncontrollable competitive nature. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's very true. That's very true. But yeah, I just thought I was struck that it wasn't like there's so many like compliments about her competition yeah. <laughs> and like and like, oh, wow. You know, like that that kind of existential crisis that she's having um, more so than like I'm on a crusher. Yeah. 
it's so good really wild um i do i do enjoy (laughs) i mean it comes at a terrible time because obviously rose is like thinking she's worthless but uh sophia's insult of like you're here because the rhythm method was very popular in the 20s is epic so good oh my god it's amazing i mean that whole like diatribe that sophia has when also she's like blanche you're here to yeah museum or whatever she works 12 hours a week (laughs) to like have something to do she's not like curating these like underserved artists you know yeah she's getting sexually harassed by her boss this is not not a noble cause um but yeah it is is... nice yeah it is nice that like she doesn't insult dorothy in that which usually would have been yeah it's a good it's a good move and i i just like the rhythm method thing is so it's such a funny line um but so i googled it to see like if it actually was very popular in the 20s (laughs) yeah and um it was obviously but also it's still like there's you know still this like weird movement of people who want you to do natural birth control and like i gotta tell you guys it's it's not gonna work (laughs) yeah it's uh it's not really reliable so chill (laughs) the fuck out (laughs) i will say to be fair from a women's health perspective the it's almost like smoking like i you know like we were taught in the 80s and 90s or at least i was that like smoking one cigarette would kill you give you cancer when you you were older which is obviously not true and i was also basically taught that like you could have sex anytime and immediately get pregnant which is also not true like there are fertile periods yes that's the idea behind the rhythm method however we have evolved as a society and there are far better methods to actually ensure that you are being as careful as possible should you not want to produce a baby after doinking so yeah PSA from enough wicker don't use the rhythm method yeah it's it's a controversial thing but we're here to take a stand (laughs) oh oofta um the um so when the triplets are there I just want to call attention to the fact that Sophia has like one thing that actually is like playing off of how hot it is which is that she has like a handheld battery operated fan but it's in yeah, like the shape fan. of like a sunflower like a potted sunflower. it's very like 85 year old woman in miami i feel yes, like that's yeah. yes it reminded me of those again if we're going to call back to the 80s and 90s those like weird dancing flowers that were like sound or motion activated oh do you know God. what i'm talking about yes <laughs> what a time like, i know <laughs> usually it's sun- sunglasses on but um it was just yeah. like that kind yeah. of a cartoonish feature of like you you just can have a regular fan it doesn't have to be this like weird kitschy thing but that's just how they made things <laughs> i love it <laughs> it was great but yeah that same scene too is also um where the rose like the cute like rose clasped hands gif comes from mm. that's a very popular gif which i think is really exciting you know uh continuing from our golden girl starter kit on enoughwicker.com where we helped explain certain episodes through gifs i, I was like now i kind of want to add that one because that one is a very popular reaction gif it's great yeah it's really good it's like um it's so genuine right and like i yeah. feel like also knowing what's gonna happen is like oh god like it's like it's so it's so hard to watch but when she's like um hey does this have something to do with the woman of the year award yeah exactly and then, like, no wonder she's a finalist like, oh my god it is seriously they go she's a finalist and she's like did i win you're like he just said you were a finalist yeah. <laughs> chill out <laughs> a vetting committee yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but it is it is like so 
interestingly manipulative when Dorothy and Blanche are like, come on, do we have a winner? Like, I know. <laughs> I was like, wow, man. I was like, but, but it works. And it- <laughs> of course. Also, like, man, they, they paid for them to go all the way down there personally. Yeah. I- <laughs> and then that's all they talked to her about. It comes out of the emergency statue fund. No wonder yeah, they owe money. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Um, you can't touch that unless it's a true statue emergency. <laughs> this is also what we find out about Mount Lausenbaden. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mount Lausenbaden. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't it obvious he lost what? So, so even before that, right? Because that is like a fucking like 1800s train or at least like oh 1920s God, yeah. rhythm method in Europe. Like those are the train sets yes. for like Murder on the Orient Express with for Hercule sure. Poirot. Oh my God. Um, but before <laughs> that, they're in a plane from like friggin' World War II. Like that's just like exterior shot of this thing. And and I love also like that was my first reaction of like, oh my God, what the fuck is this hunk of metal? And then Blanche is like, what are we on? <laughs> I really I really appreciate it. The inside looks like it's got like carpet on the walls or wood paneling or something. And it's just like, oh my God, it's just like yeah. a very depressing, you know, scene. And then like the pa- the the parachute guy for Beaver That's Falls. My it's, like, it's so slapstick. Yeah, it's so goofy. It's like, <laughs> it feels like airplane. Like, it's like so out of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God, it totally does feel like that. And then I do want to also call attention. I've, I spoke about this a, a number of episodes back where Dorothy particularly, at this time, the recommendation from a grammatical perspective is to use he for Mm. all pronouns of like, you know, like when you say like mankind and all that kind of shit. And Rose on the plane, she goes, everybody thinks his hometown is pretty special. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Because like before it, before it struck me from as Dorothy, because of course she would like do what's like recommended by like Strunk and White or whatever, you know, like the Mm -hmm. real like grammar nerds. But yeah, like I was like, Rose, you're a woman. You can say, you know, her. (laughs) Like it's it's just that also feels very right for her. I mean, like not from a you're right, like not from a grammar, but just from like a no, but like that's how they talk. Yeah, for sure, she's heard, and it's just it just really. it strikes me really oddly now and particularly as a feminist of just like, oh, cool. He's the default, even if it's completely a company of women. <laughs> Literally about you with your yeah. women friends. But it's like fine. when I remember learning like the the romance languages like for Spain or, or Spanish rather, it's like, okay, well, you know, you have like 20 women in a room. Okay. Then you use like the feminine article or something. And then you have yeah. one man that changes everything. And it's well, just you can't a whole call group. him a girl. I <laughs> What is the Nancy boy? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, at least it's not just us, you know. Yeah, truly, truly. Oh my god. Um, I love, <laughs> love when Dorothy's like Blanche. I think there's something we should do. <laughs> oh my like, god, Dorothy, so I like great. you as a friend, but I think I'll pass. It's like, oh my god, it comes up a lot where Blanche, which is so funny and so like such a good character trait of like yes. every time Dorothy says something that's first of all not even like overtly sexual or like you know subtly sexual at all no not even just like all. assumes she's coming on to her which like, I <laughs> fatal blossom yes. so yeah not I love that. fatal blossom <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I forgot about that one honestly I forgot about the whole fucking 1800s train thing anyway and I I love like that they just didn't know it was going to be multiple days before they got to yeah. sail. They blindly let Rose set the itinerary. Like, give me a break. 
Yeah, my all of my notes are like, what is going on here? This is, <laughs> this is insane. So off the rails. And that's what I think we were talking about in the beginning. Like this, like there is some obviously like real plot. And there's a lot of funny lines, but overall this is just like so goofy. Like totally. what are they they're on a hayride? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Well, what's so what's so funny, right? Like this is called Yokel Hero, and great pun, by the way. Oh yeah, we but also talk about like it. the the whole thing is like, I I you know to describe <laughs> the cradle of idiocy <laughs> of Saint <laughs> Olaf, and like what kind of a naive person Rose and her entire ilk uh, of Saint Olaf are. You know, like it, it Yokel actually is the right word for it because I you know I looked it mm-hmm. up being like where did this even come from? And they're basically like, it's a derogatory term referring to like the stereotype of unsophisticated country people. And it's like, it's actually not specifically to me specifically. I thought it was almost like hand in hand with like redneck and hillbilly, like Southern, but it actually is just like the sort of bucolic countryside. And it's Mm -hmm. really funny. It's like straightforward, simple, naive. This is Wikipedia stuff. Of course. Uh, you know, failing to see through false pretenses and then talking about cows, sheep, goats, we, you know, tractors. It's, all that ve- kind of it's stuff. very, it's real. really spot on. It really yes, is. Yeah. It's so spot on. And it's sort of like, I, we don't use that term as much. You know, we use redneck, hillbilly, hick, like country bumpkin sometimes, you know? <laughs> um, and, but like, yeah, like yokel is really I just I just was really struck by the fact that it was like oh actually like if you had to pick one of those like derogatory terms to refer to Rose and the St. Olafians that's what it is for sure <laughs> particularly from the talking about farm animals etc uh, I just thought that was really good yeah and when I was a kid I always thought that that was just like a play on yodel like I didn't know that that was a word you know oh interesting um but then obviously like when I went back to, I was like writing the title down. And I was like, "Oh my god, wow! Like, what a!" I do feel like that's not a, you know, that's an SAT word. It's not like in the lexicon. I feel, especially yeah. for like the general public. So good for them. I know. Yeah, I think it makes for a lot of sense. And it's just, yeah, it's just like it sets up the goofiness of this episode really well. Yeah. Also, I think what's really funny is that, you know, as usual, we see Rose being extremely forgiving immediately. <laughs> But like in a backhanded way, where it's like it's not your fault you're chronic two faced liars, and you're like, okay, they deserve that. Yeah, she says she says chronic. She knows this has happened before, as we alluded to. It's good, and I like it too because it's like she's able to forgive them because of their own like, un, you know, like because they're just not as kind and sweet as people raised in Saint Olaf, which I think is probably the best possible reaction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's perfect. Um, also, <laughs> the sort of force fit at the end of Harry Weston, where, you know, we've got to have our, our crossover fun. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's, he's also just, like, such a doof. Like, I kind of wish he was, like, a little more sexual to, like, make Blanche, like, actually, you know, <laughs> like valid, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because it feels like, it just feels like predatory yes very much so a little bit like ham lush but it's like all right he's not into it dude like that yeah yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) i know yeah it's almost i think that's it it's like it's not even just doofiness it's like he's just like really not into it so it's uncomfortable even though the writing is amazing like the i'm not dressed thank god (laughs) which is awesome and i don't know why i haven't had you 
over to dinner. Oh, yeah. that one. That's like, <laughs> I love that line. It's so, so good. Because again, on the page, it's funny, but delivered in the absolute perfect way with only like the perfect amount of microsecond pause between the words you and over are, it's just only fucking Ruben Clanahan could deliver that so well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's so good. Yeah. But I also, so like, <laughs> what's your opinion about? you know, 18 months to the day of waiting for a widower. <laughs> like, as of today, that man is in play. Yeah, you know, I mean, I appreciate a rule. Like, I like a standard. Yeah, like a neighborhood <laughs> rule. Um, that feels, I, I don't know. I feel like, um, well, first of all, we know that Blanche, like, didn't wait that long for George. <laughs> yeah, and um, the paramedics came. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, um, but I don't know. I feel like also Blanche is. I could see her like you know marking the days off on her calendar for the eighteen month. Like yeah, the big <laughs> ships in the navy for... calendar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is September. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I. It's like it's so. In a way, it's like vaguely respectful that these like neighborhood horny women have like all agreed, but then it's also incredibly disrespectful. So disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, and it's another thing where, like, it, I don't know how it would play. It doesn't play great as he with him as a man. Like, I really yeah. don't know how that would play if it was, like, Stan talking about a widow he was waiting to, to oh, get. Oh, my God. You know, I like, know. So. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of bizarre. But it's also funny that it, like, changes, obviously, in, in this show of how they approach that when um, age comes into play. Because Sophia, mm. you know, like, Sophia, when she's, you know, cruising the obituaries, <laughs> being yeah. Like, Damn it! Somebody got to him first. <laughs> it's like white side, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love. I do love that. That's, that's totally right. That like it's, it's amazing. The rules it's are amazing. different. <laughs> it's all fair game. Oh man! Anything else you got to say about? No, you? I think it was great. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. You know, oof da. Also, I I will say that I think. There is a nice little redemption for Sophia being nice, especially after her rhythm method comment of like cheersing her at the end with the oofda, and it's just it's very yeah, cute. I it's think sweet. it's I, agree. I think that's lovely. So good job, good job, Ooh. beautiful hero. All right, join us next time. We're going to discuss performing in back alleys and whacking yourself on the head ten times. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a trip. It really does. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>